Okay, college basketball fans, Timmy Hall, Evil Bald Colin here with you. EBC, have you washed your hands? Tim, I've washed my hands, and yes, today I accepted your invitation to come talk about basketball. So I'm going to talk about basketball and not complain when you ask me about basketball, okay? Oh, doggies. Is that a There's little... only a select group of people that are going to understand that reference. But... <laughs> hey, man. MAC Conference Tournament, no fans allowed. And it's going just fine. Big West Conference Tournament, no fans allowed. Ivy League Tournament, completely canceled. Which is ridiculous. How could you cancel their tournament? Well, I, I don't want to be breaking any... Uh, Dennis Dodd from CBS is talking about major conference tournament leaders are saying that it's a real possibility that the entire tournament will be canceled or quite possibly has the chance to be canceled. Even the slightest chance is more than what I even would have imagined. I I am worried and concerned about all of it now. It would be a mistake if they did. I'm yeah. sorry. Well, we just... We don't know. We don't know at this point. I know I'm not a medical expert. Are you a medical expert? I don't think so. Are you an expert in epidemics or not epidemics? Now it's a pandemic because it's a worldwide type of thing. Well, considering I didn't really know the difference between those two things, I'm just going to say no. Pandemic means it's worse. That's what I looked up. That sure. mean, Epidemic is really bad, and then pandemic is just worse. It takes it to another level. But, you know, we had the governor of Ohio, as we're rolling to you on March 11th here, as conference tournaments are in full swing. At least we hope we are looking to get a great guest on this podcast, so we're ready for him at any time. Nick Musinski from Belmont. You and I love the Belmont Bruins. I hope the Belmont Bruins have a tournament to play in. I mean, no, but on a play real, in the if you got to close it off to the public, I hate that. I hate all of it, but do that before you cancel everything, please. No, but on the real, I I troll Dayton a lot, and I I truly don't have anything against the team. I get annoyed by their fans a little bit sometimes, but it truly would be a travesty for the first time as a one seed that they would play in Cleveland oh, but Dayton, and their fans couldn't even go and see them. Dayton's play. not getting a one seed. You've, you've already said that. It's not possible. I was the one saying that if they didn't lose a singular uh, other game and they finished 32-2, and two, they'd grab that one seed. I They're in play for Baylor it. to lose three of their last five, but yeah, you're, it's, you're right. It's college basketball. Sure. Sure. The mayhem happens. There's really... As we said, when this is all said and done, you go back through all the podcasts that we've done, you can just basically disregard all of it and just fill out the bracket any way you wish. We're still going to go and give you all our tips and all that fun stuff, but don't go anywhere. We got a lot to talk about. Coronavirus is just interrupting everything in our existence and potentially our most favorite thing in the world, the big dance. March Madness. Ha ha! In the conference tournaments and everything. Oh boy, what's going to happen? Don't go anywhere. This is Mad About Hoops. Five to go. Lewis has been awesome. Let's it go. It's it oh! Inbounds Turner, left side of the backcourt. Turner crossed the timeline, throws it from high on the right. He, he makes it! it! He hit it! He, he hit it! Turner. He hit it just inside of half court. Lanes on the other wing. Oh! 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 Sent it in, Jerome! <laughs> College basketball! This is March Madness! All right, EBC. We got a lot of hoops to enjoy for now. 
Wow, this this whole thing is just crazy. It really is. What a what a wild time to be a sports fan and have all of these events that are just completely up in the air. And I I really do believe now it's almost like a 180 from what my stance was yesterday. Where, I, look, I my wife's a nurse and she's not bought into this yet. You know, buying into the what I called hysteria. And maybe it it might not be that. It is a virus. It is something that can take you down. I'm going to ultimately side with what the health professionals choose to do and what they tell us is the best possible thing to get through this. But this but is it all also just seems wild. Like the, it also seems like they're split on it. Like I, I see, You'll some, see some doctors, yeah, on social media. Some of them are saying yeah. it's a little overblown, and some of them are thinking that the worst is to come. Like I, I just personally, I don't know what to think yet. Aren't you conflicted? I'm 100 yeah. percent conflicted. I'm conflicted because I just I went on the air yesterday, <laughs> and it's been my opinion. Up until now, and I'm sort of on a, I'm, I'm sort of teetering, like I'm on the edge of the cliff right now, and I'm thinking about jumping in to just being totally afraid and panicking. Yesterday, I was not afraid. I was choosing not to live in fear, and I still wanted to go out and do the things I did. You know, I went to a a basketball game on Saturday. They had us all there. the The administration in the Big East and at Xavier University had everybody out there. So I went, and took my son, and that was several days ago. I still feel good. I still feel healthy, and I, I want. I want to be able to go to these games because I love it so much. I understand that if this really is something that we need to sit out and not have the mass gatherings to stop the spread of this, I'm going to ultimately side with that. I would love to see him still played, though. You can take away the fans and still play the game. There's no reason why. If your main motive is to stop the spread than just to take the fans and the mass gathering out of it. You can still play the game. So why did the Ivy League make that choice? Because I, I I feel like some groups of people are trying to be more proactive than others. And, you know, based off of your risk analysis of it, sure, you can do that. But You I, can tell I think, yourself whatever you want to tell yourself. I think there's just a different level of concern or maybe preparation from all different groups of people. Honestly, I think that's just all it is. Are you going—would you pay— to go to games right now still? I do believe so, yes, because I believe I'm in the age group where I would be fine. It would treat, honestly, kind of like the flu to my age group of below the age of 25 with a healthy person with a strong immune system. They've said that this is, you know, it's not going to really affect you. It's going to affect the older people the most. And I care about that. Yes. Of course I care about that. I think we all do. We don't want our parents and our grandparents to just drop dead because of this. And if there's, no, of course. If there's some things that we can do... And ultimately, that's what the people above us decide. It sort of makes us sound like a couple of sheep here, but we are we are <laughs> college basketball fans, all right? That's what this podcast is about. We are not we are not people employed by the World Health Organization or the Center for Disease Control. That's not what we do. But yes, like I, we are humans and citizens, and we've had our opinions based on this, and we've seen things rise up before that you know started in other countries and they kind of died down without anyone that really we've ever known or seen being affected by it and now that you've got four cases it's it just it still to me sounds so small but I get it doesn't work like that I see the other side that it's all the people that don't know that they've been in contact with it how do you know 
who has been in contact with this thing. Like we work in a studio with Bobby Carpenter who works on ESPN a lot and he flies on planes all the time. And how many people were on those planes that were somewhere else that might've been walking around with it for two weeks before they knew. And then it contacts someone else and it spreads and it spreads and it spreads. We just don't know. So I, I almost feel like a total idiot where I've been on the side where it's it's all overblown. I was never at a point, though, where I was saying it was not real. It's just to oh, me, sure. I think my side and my opinion was more based on you still have to go out and and live your life. Like, I, I've i seen it. Take so, the precautions. Take precautions. Yes. But how? I guess my point is how can it not be a little bit hypocritical if we're choosing to cancel all of these sporting events, but we're also until just a day or two ago, but even still in a state where they're about to declare an emergency for mass gatherings, my kid is still at an elementary school today, CB. He's still there. So what about that? It, Why is that not canceled right now? It does seem a little hypocritical, critical, doesn't it? It does. Why? How are we here at work? <laughs> and I guess I get a sporting event you, is something. You're asking the right questions. The sporting events are, here's the one difference, right? We choose to go to that. We don't need a sporting event as fans. We can just watch it on TV School, if we're making a hierarchy of things that we need to go and get accomplished in our daily life, we need to go to school, we need to go to work, right? We don't need to go to a sporting event. But if it is health, and we're saying nothing's more important than your health, and slowing down the risk, I mean, we, we've we also seen school canceled for nothing snowstorms, right? And we're fine for shutting down for a week for that when the roads, in our opinion, aren't even all that icy and we think we can get to the schoolhouse just fine. But here now with the pandemic, and I haven't seen all public schools even canceled yet, then, then what's what's that about? Yeah, I, I don't know what the different standard is. Like, if you're in a group, I guess it really depends on what they're describing as a mass gathering of people. Because I still think of my time during school, I mean, that was the biggest Petri dish for all the germs you could find and whatnot. So I... I don't understand what. Totally. I, I get there's more people at a sporting event and you want to try threshold? to limit the amount yeah. of spread possible. I get that. But at the essence of the actual issue, I think we're, if we're going to, if we're going to be all in, we might as well be all in, I think is how we should go up, go about it. So canceling, just canceling and well, not getting, and not, not having them. That's tough. <laughs> that's tough. I, that's tough. It might, I just it, can't, I, I don't know how you can tell a group people that you can't go to this game. But your your life's as it should be with school and whatnot, you still got to go do that. Okay, yeah, that's what I, I, I just think that's, okay, a, that's okay. a little... Not yet cancel the games. Like, if we can uh, no, well, if we can get the groups that are going to be at the arenas or at the venues as small as possible. Like, I, I heard a guy asking a question to Chris Holtman today about this issue, and Chris Holtman was... He took the approach of, we're following the protocol, it's a fluid situation, we're being as healthy as we can, we're washing our hands, we're doing all that stuff... We're not going to have our players shaking hands with a lot of people or signing a lot of autographs because probably not necessary at this time. If that's one thing that you can limit while still going out there and performing, let, let's do that. But the question that was posed to him was about playing in a full gym or a gym with 2,000 people in it. Like that's that was his view of an empty gym. What's to say that 2,000 people in a spot isn't still – what about even having the head coaches around or the assistant coaches who have been out and recruiting and all that stuff there? I guess I'm almost speaking the words out there that would take it to the next level of, well, you then have to cancel it. But I'm, CB, I'm just afraid. I am afraid to take that step out there 
to go all in on canceling it. I, I just don't want to get there if we don't know in our hearts that that is what is needed to be done because it is such a major event. We love it. We love it too much. We can, we here's, have to recuse ourselves from this because we love it too much. When you're listening to this, you'll probably have the answer to this and what's going on. Maybe you will. Dennis Dodd from CBS is reporting that a statement is coming from within the hour from the NCAA for something. I don't know what the extent of it's going to be. Boy. But by the time you listen to this and by the time you hear this, whatever it was is going to be announced and we'll react to it whenever we get that information. But I I don't like how this is trending. How how does it change your opinion if we hear that there's a positive test for any kind of athlete? That's going to perform. A positive test? A positive test. Yeah, I think You'd that would change. You'd have to shut it down, I right? I think that would change quite a bit. Yeah. It would change it pretty drastically. You'd have to, you talk about all the leagues, right? I mean, there wouldn't be any playing in empty gyms if you had a positive test. You'd have to pretty much cease operations until you can pass that week to two week threshold where you know that everybody is good. Yeah. I don't see any other way just, around it. It's just a tricky line. Yeah. You'd look at, okay, you played this team yesterday. You had a back to back here. You played this team three days ago. So, you're on the court, you're on the ice, or what What have you, sharing that space with all these other people, then that team was next to this team, and that team was next to this team, et cetera, et cetera, you'd pretty much get to a point where you'd have to shut it all down. And it sucks. It, it really does. It sucks. It, it's scary to think about in a lot of different ways, but it's, it's realistic. I'm and- scared now. I'm scared now. There like, it is. Like I said, we might hear something here pretty soon. It's going to be something wild. Well, the basketball is still happening, and we got tickets punched. We've got guys that are going on. We've got teams that have accomplished it. Do you have a favorite of these mid-majors that are going on to the big dance right now? We know our our guy, Nick Musinski, who plays for Belmont, who we're supposed to hear from. We're both huge fans of the Belmont Bruins, always have sure. been, with what Rick Bird did, and now first-year coach Casey Alexander. That's That's really awesome with what those guys are doing. How about the fact that Casey Alexander comes over from Lipscomb to take that job, even yes. though he had Belmont experience before that? Just interesting to see them not well, stay on at, the he current staff. He played at Belmont, and he, he was an assistant under sure, Rick Bird. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. It's not totally disconnected, but no. he did come cross town instead of Belmont picking someone who was on their current staff. That's just. I think the funny thing is, it's kind of wild. They played Lipscomb twice this year, and they aren't even in the same conference. True. They. T- how did and that they happen? Sw- they swept them. How did that happen? I don't know. Was one in a it, tournament like we've seen happen a couple of be. times? I think it had to be. Yeah, that's that's wild. It seems almost like if you went from Dayton to Xavier or maybe even like a Cincy to Xavier, but Belmont does feel like a clear step up from Lipscomb with just what Belmont oh, yes, has had established in the mid-major game. You got Hofstra, you got Northern Kentucky, Winthrop, Yale, obviously, Liberty, the Flames, a 30-win basketball team. Bradley, you love the Braves out there. Utah State's a 26-8 win team. They're not really mid-major E right now with what they've gotten done. They are a West Coast Conference team, and they're not Utah, who is in the Pac-12. Robert Morris, East Tennessee State, North Dakota State, and obviously the Zags. Did I say West Coast Conference for Utah State? You know what I meant. Mountain West. Mountain West. Yeah, yeah. different league altogether. So we got a lot of tickets punched already. Yeah. There's for a, a group of mid majors where we've been saying all the year it's been down, I actually kinda like a lot of what we're getting right now. I I hate to say it, but when Stephen F. Austin wins the Southland and Lunardi's got him going against Ohio State. That scares the living as a hell out of me. Twelve, huh? Uh, that's a twelve or a thirteen. Me. Does he have Ohio State as a five, or did he? He does drop have Ohio State as a five out okay. west. Um, 
I, I like East Tennessee State. They would have been a net large if they didn't win the Southern Conference. Uh, Colgate, who's going to be playing in the Patriot League final, I think they're very good. They could pick off a four or a three seed. Um, what else? Oh, a team in the big sky that I like that I picked to actually win the tournament. If I mean, they might be one of the best 15 seeds you'll see. Talking and about Eastern Washington. Eastern Washington, yeah. yes. They would, right now, Lunardi has them as, in the 2-5 game against San Diego State. I'm just telling you right now, don't sleep on that game if that happens because they have two guys that are scoring over 16 points a game. They are in the top 25, I believe, in offensive efficiency. They can put up the points. Do you remember Stuckey for Eastern Washington? Rodney Stuckey was a baller. And I'm sure that he had them in the tournament. Even even back in the one year that I spent in the Big Sky, that was 2002-2003. It was Weber State and Eastern Washington in the conference championship game. And it was a slugfest. It took Weber State everything everything they had to win the home game to get the automatic berth. So the, what are they, the Hawks, the Eagles? The Eagles. Eastern Washington yes. Eagles. They have the red football field. I hope they don't have a red basketball I court as well. think so. Because there's some crazy basketball courts out there. That's another subject for another podcast. But yeah, I do I'd say like one to see more, a big sky team do something. That'd one, be great. One more team I want to mention because we, we talk about them a little bit every single year because they seem to make the tournament every single year out of the whack. But New Mexico State is a team that wins annually about 26 to 27 games. He's got a matched up with Wisconsin in the 413, and they're always just a dangerous team that's on the verge. They've gotten closer and closer each year, the pulling an upset. I think this is a year where we could see them pull one of those off. Yeah, the whack gets going tomorrow, also in Vegas. Is there another city that has more conference tournament action no. than Las Vegas? I count four. Four tournaments across different sites. You've got Surely the T-Mobile Center, Orleans Arena. Isn't that where we were watching the West Coast Conference stuff yes. go down? Yes, that's right. You've got the Mountain West, Pac-12, WAC, and West Coast Conference tournaments. There's no way anything touches Las Vegas. Indy's got a couple with the Big Ten and the Horizon. New York clearly has the Barclays for the A-10, MSG for Big the East. Big East. Yep. They threw the Big Ten there and made them play it early. So they had three a couple of years ago, which God, was, that was awful. so stupid. But, no, this is cool, uh, at least for the time being. We're still punching tickets. We still got the excitement about the big dance where we all try to, you know, forget about coronavirus and block it out of our minds it's until so hard. we I get the it's, news. It's in the back of everybody's it, it, mind. It is, and apparently it's to the point where it should be. I mean, nothing... Nothing really is more important than spreading a disease if we don't have to spread it. And I'm uh, softening on my views where I where I once was. I know you've been there with me. I know you've been there with me because this has been something yes. where we just we struggle to be part of that cancel culture. And it's it's not that. It's it's a different yeah, type of I thing. Yeah, I think it's a it's little a different bit different. I think thing. it's a little bit different than that. It just feels like that initially it feels like you're jumping onto that bandwagon by Buying into just staying home and doing nothing, and well, I'm a I'm a typical Mike, home. We don't know if it's the biggest deal. <laughs> I'm a homebody, so trust me. I, when you tell me to stay home, I will do it gladly. But yeah, no, you don't want to be dealing with this at all. 
I'm just curious to see what are they going to value. Are they going to value getting the games in and just keeping people home, or are they just going to say they don't want to risk it for everybody involved? Right, because you're still it. risking it for the players. Yes. And if you have friends and family, you can't tell me that you're going to find out for certain what all of those friends and family members and uh, people that work the arena, the broadcasters, the people that work for the – think of the travel for the broadcasters and the people behind the scenes sure. that would run a broadcast – but if anything, here's here's my here's what I offer. If all this stuff gets worse, and that's what they're all saying is that it's going to get worse before it gets better, and I get that now. I, I totally get it. Let's just delay and still get it in. Can't we figure it out? Even if we have to go really small level with this and just find however as hard as it may be with scheduling and all that. Can not can we not just delay this thing until we know we're good? If it has to be late April, early May, mid-May, late May, CB, I'll be there. We'll be I, here. Trust me, I will, if it's the uh, yes. big dance, we'll get it in and we'll be there. I, it, I struggle. It's happened before with wars and things like that, lockouts, but... I don't want a disease to take away the thing that is most near and dear to us. I think a delay would cause a lot of logistical issues, but I think technically it could be done. You just have to eliminate the neutral site field of things. You'd probably have to go more home. You probably have to do more of what the women's game does with more home site regionals because yeah. you, you run into issues with, yeah. uh, I think, one of the sites like in Cleveland. You got Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. You're crossing over with Cavs basketball. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're you're interfering with that. And then also, you also got to remember the NCAA is very kind of uptight with how graduation time comes around and you're playing sports up to that and then the rollover into the summer. Yeah. Possibly that had to happen. Yeah. That's a logistical issue. I, I think there's some logistical things that could get in the way of that. What about, and again, we're, we're here recording this podcast on – on Wednesday, March 11th, Big Ten tournament still at this second was to go on as, as planned, and all the major conference tournaments are still in that holding pattern, going on as planned. Last thing we saw here in Columbus from the Blue Jackets was that they plan to have everybody out, but the governor says within a day or so there's going to be some orders about mass gatherings, so that could override and take it out of the hands, and that would mean Cleveland, NCAA tournament site, and that would mean Dayton, first four. But here's here's what I would propose if – if uh, they're going to try to go on with a small, small scale CB. And you've got yeah, something right I now, actually, so just go ahead. So go the NCAA already released their statement on their limiting attendance as of right now. So For it's, all They're not going full games. go. They're going like at a step right now. So okay. they're, they're limiting to essential staff, players, and so staff. So no public. Now. So basically what we've seen for, with some of these For smaller, any tournament games. That's correct. All right, that's out. Yes. That's a release. So uh, I was actually going down that road. And this w- this is what the... This is what the offer was going to be. Let's move it out of these major arenas now. Why don't we seriously just take it to a gym? We can deep clean it. We'll play in a YMCA or a (laughs) high school gym. I'm serious about this. No, 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 no. I agree. Where the sites are in the cities and... You have a little bit more fun because if no audience is going to be in there, when you and I are just going to play ball mm-hmm. with our buddies, I agree. we go to a gym. It's funny and you mention that. we just start bouncing the ball. No one's going to be there, so play in a very small spot and put it on TV, I guess, it's if we funny, still can. It's funny because I was listening and I was checking in because the guys over at Yahoo Sports with Dan Wetzel and Pat Forty were talking about this as how would they address moving games to different locations. And I think one of them was like, it'd be fun to just, you know, 
Georgia State's right next to where they're going to be playing the Final Four. Why not just move the Final Four there? Yeah. If you're not yep. going to use the seats, it's a nice little imminent environment. It's not going to affect how the TV runs anything. It's not going to be showing like tons of gaping empty space that they're going to be probably is what they're upset about in some mm-hmm. ways. Mm-hmm. That kind of defeats the issues behind it. All right. Coronavirus is crazy and we hate it and we want it to die off. And uh, CB, thank you for sharing the news Absolutely. right there. But that's that, and I can actually see that our guy is calling us right now. So we'll take a quick breather, and it's going to be time to give a little bit of love to the little guy. I promise you, college basketball fans, Nick Musinski of Belmont, who is the tournament MVP, they're going dancing. He is going to blow you away. He is as sharp and as smart as they come, and he's a fantastic player that you will be hearing more about in years to come. Quick breather, and Nick Musinski of Belmont next. It's Mad About Hoops. Okay, Mad About Hoops listeners, we are about to go mid-majoring. I first want to find out, EBC, if that is an offensive term, because we've always wondered that. Yes. We always use it as a term of endearment. And we've got our guy, Nick, am I saying, is your last name pronounced Musinski? Do I put the mu on over there, or how, how do you say it? Yep. Give me the exact saying. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's Musinski. Musinski. So, Nick, do you have a problem with being tabbed a mid-major? No. No, I think, I think we kind of embraced it a little bit, quite frankly. <laughs> Our guy. So, Nick is from a beautiful suburb of Columbus, Ohio. He's from Pickerington. He went to St. Charles Prep. He was just tabbed the tournament MVP of the Ohio Valley Conference. You don't know this, but myself and... And Colin, are huge Belmont Bruins fans. We are. That's that's awesome to hear. I mean, I I didn't I don't know we had a lot of those outside of Nashville, Tennessee, but we we love to hear that. Well, we love the Ohio Valley Conference in general because we just love how competitive. I mean, just talk about how the top was so awesome this year between you guys, Murray State and Austin P. That had to be a tough stretch. Yeah, I mean, those are three. Really good teams. I think you see like the combination of great players, great coaches, and also kind of great traditions and atmospheres. I mean, I think I'm pretty sure I could be wrong, but the three of us when we played each other, nobody won on each other's home floor, which was kind of cool. Um, obviously, we wanted to win at Austin P and at Murray, but I mean, tough places to play. There's good coaches, uh, really strong programs. So I think it just shows kind of. You know, when you can't win on the road, kind of like you see in other great leagues like the Big Ten and the Big East sometimes, uh, it really shows the toughness and the competitiveness of that league. So I think that, that just kind of speaks for itself. And then obviously the, you know, Friday, Saturday champ- or semifinals and championship games also really speaks for itself. We're talking to dancers right here, and the dancer that's on this podcast is Nick Musinski of Belmont. He's a a 15-a-game guy, eight rebounds per game. He was the freshman of the year in his conference, and he's from Pickerington, as we said, right outside of Columbus, Ohio. What What's it like when uh, Rick Bird is just such a name in that town, a 30-year guy at the program, and now you transition to a new coach who came over, even though he's a Belmont guy too, came over from Lipscomb? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I could talk about Coach Bird for hours. I mean, he is an unbelievable coach and an even better man. Uh, taught, taught me so much both on the court and off the court. And then, yeah. Followed up with Coach Alexander, who's just about as good as you can get, X's and O's, and, you know, also as a person as well. I mean, it really embodies, I think, the Belmont culture. 
um, just kind of what we have an emphasis on, you know, playing the game, you know, high pace, uh, scoring a lot of points, um, but also kind of going about things the right way, um, you know, just kind of with each other and in our community and kind of in like the Belmont uh, environment, but also kind of out in the Nashville and I guess even at this point, the United States, um, just kind of going about things, kind of what we like to call the Belmont way. And um, I think it really just kind of shows the emphasis that kind of we have both in our locker room, in our athletic department, and throughout our university. You don't want to say too many nice things about Rick Bird without offending your current (laughs) coach, Casey Alexander. But Nick, what's maybe just a key difference between the two guys? I mean, the thing is, there's so much similarities there because, you know, Coach Alexander, he played for Coach Bird, and then he was an assistant for 16 years underneath him. Um, I, I don't think – I think Coach Alexander was with us through 2011. So, I mean, he was there, you know, at the end of the NIA days and then also through our – you know, the beginning of our Division One days, even through kind of our first couple NCAA tournaments. So, different um, – I mean, they have some different uh, scheme type things. I think Coach Alexander likes to put his own twist. You know, Coach Bird is very um, fundamental, kind of has his roots and kind of kind of sticks to the same thing a lot. Although, I mean, you'll see even if you go back and watch our, uh, you know, some of our film from Maryland last year, he kind of put in even a five-out five offense. So he's even more um, willing to change, too. But I think Coach Alexander just kind of – I think it's more adapting on the fly. Um you know, there's some things that I don't, I don't know, like you may not even see in games, but he'll just make, you know, little tweaks. So you'll be like, oh, like, let's try that. And whoa, we'll do that. And if it doesn't work, don't do that. Well, I think Coach Bird is more of, all right, like we got our stuff. We're going to run our stuff. We, we're going to do it. And um, so it's just kind of different in coaching philosophies. I think both are really successful, as you can tell. I mean, they're both now made NCAA tournaments in back-to-back years. So I don't think you can argue that one's better than the other. They're just a little bit different. As I think, you know, Coach Alexander might be a little bit younger, so maybe he's a little bit more um, a little bit more vocal with his players, a little bit more interpersonal communications there, where with Coach Bird it's more of, you know, you trust that system and it works. And I think both are absolutely phenomenal coaching philosophies. And, you know, they're both pretty dang good head coaches, if you ask me. So one of the things we dealt with here in Columbus a couple of years ago was when Chris Holtman, he got to play Butler in his first year with the Buckeyes. Coach Alexander had to play Lipscomb not once but twice this year. How yep. weird was that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was. It was definitely probably the one of the weirder games we've played this year. Um, you know, normally when we go through scouting report and all that, you know, we'll talk about little tendencies maybe we see, but more of it's more of a, you know, this you know this team likes to do this at this times, and these are their sets, and this is what we know, and this is what we got to do. While with Lipscomb, it was like. He knew a lot of the players' tendencies, and we were like, well, you know, obviously. I mean, he coached them, he recruited them, so it was definitely more of like a personal level. And, you know, it's not only Coach Alexander. I mean, we know those guys, too. I mean, they're right down the road. I mean, we we see them, you know, all the time, whether it's just going out to eat or at the movies and things like that. So, you know, we, you know, we play with those. Sounds like West Side Story. Summer. Huh? I said it yeah, sounds like I mean, West Side Story. <laughs> yeah, I would say 354 days out of the year, we get along really well. Um, you know, those, those two days are definitely, um, big robberies, but those are great guys. I mean, they're, they're really talented players. I mean, you saw, they made the ASUN championship game, uh, lost to a really good Liberty team. So, I mean, I, so, I mean, I definitely think there was that little bit more of a personal aspect, not only for us, but especially for coach Alexander being in that locker room for a few years and bringing those guys to that program. But, um, so I guess, I guess it definitely, that was the biggest, 
change just that little personal aspect. So it was a little odd, but n- nothing too weird. And going along the lines of what your non-conference schedule looked like, it's pretty impressive for somebody that knows a lot about some of these teams. Like Eastern Washington's a team that's really competing well in the big sky. You had St. Louis, you had Alabama, Western Kentucky. This is a pretty good list. How well did this prepare you for your conference slate? It really prepared us well. Um, you know, people kind of go back you know, the past couple of years, and we have that UCLA win from last year. And the year before, I think we – we lost in the buzzer to um, Providence, and you had, we were up seven at Washington under four media. Like we play what we, we call these marquee programs, but you know, I'd argue. I mean, you know, going, we had a stretch where we were at Eastern Washington, who is like you said, competing at. You know, they're probably going to be a tournament team out of the Big Sky. We had to go at Western Kentucky, who is one of the best mid majors in the country that we play every year. Uh, we went at MTSU, who. Um, actually, a little bit of a down year, but it's typically a really strong mid-major program out of Conference USA. Um, at Illinois State, who's the same way as MTSU, they may have had a little bit of a down year, but that's a really strong program. They beat us. Um, and then, yeah, you talk about that St. Louis game, which great environment. Uh, and they're, I think they're going to make a run there in the A-10 tournament. They're as dangerous as anybody to beat Dayton. And then, yeah, Alabama, which was, you know, it was a neutral site game, but it was in the state of Alabama, which, you know, it's kind of like playing Ohio State in Cincinnati. Like, it would be it would be a pretty overwhelming Ohio State crowd. Like, it's just kind of the way it is. So, I mean, I think although we don't have that, oh, you know, they beat UCLA or so, oh, they went to Carolina and won like we did six or seven years ago. You know, I think we had a pretty good body of work, some that were losses, and I think a good bit there were wins that really got us ready for uh, OBC play. Evil, I don't know about you. I am enjoying this kid, Nick Musinski from Belmont. His range of the current game of basketball is encyclopedic. As you hear amazing. Him chat awesome. about all these different teams out there. So I guess this is this will be the mad dash to the finish here, Nick, and you know where it's going. We actually just had one of our co-hosts walk by the glass and he just put his hands up in the air and just started flailing them around like a crazy person because sirens <laughs> sirens are going off at the station. All this news keeps coming oh, down yeah. every second. This is, while we're recording this, people listen to this podcast at many different times. It's March 11th at right about 5 p.m. And as of now, you're going dancing, but you're going to have a ticket to a private dance, Nick. Just your, I think, <laughs> close friends and family and staffers are going to be there. This is something I think we're going to look back at 30, 40 years from now and say this was crazy. This was wild. This is a historic thing that's going on. NCAA tournaments officially closed off to public right now because of the the lack or the the – I, what am I trying to say, Colin? We don't have the need, or they don't want the, the mass gatherings of people That's right. at this stage with the coronavirus. Your thoughts, Nick, on all that that's coming down as we speak, and I know your phone was blowing up when you started chatting with us. Yeah. Um, I think the best way I can put it is I don't really know what to think. Um, I'm pretty shook, quite frankly. Um, us too. I know. Me, me and a couple of my buddies are actually, you know, we, uh, one of my buddies, his uncle, um, got us some tickets for the, uh, the, um, SEC tournament. And we were planning on going to the SEC tournament. We don't know how that's going to affect, um, cause it's down here at Bridgestone in Nashville. Um, and then we were obviously planning on playing in the big dance, which is another thing we were like, Oh, like, 
do we or do our parents get to come? Who all is going to be there? And I just remember, I think I was telling one of my friends this. It was really unfortunate because obviously the news that the state of Ohio broke first, that they weren't going to allow anybody. And I remember playing Temple last year in the first four, and it's probably one of the best atmospheres I've ever played in. And it's such a, you know, it's such a disappointing situation that everybody will not be able to play um, in that environment. I mean, playing in the NCAA tournament is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And, uh, but I also I trust that there are people way above my pay grade that are a lot smarter than I am that have a reason for doing what they're doing. Um, I'm sure they wouldn't do it if there was anything, but you know, I'm sure they have the athletes and the spectators' best interests at heart. Um, so I would say disappointed but understanding is probably the way I feel right now. And honestly, kind of still stuck in the whirlwind like the rest of y'all. I think what you said was maybe the best way that anyone could put it is, I don't know what to think right now. And then uh, you went on and it, it does seem like you're in a good, you've got a good grasp on it. And it's, it's trusting the people that do this stuff for their living. You know, the people that monitor the situation and know more than we know about these subjects and about these mm-hmm. issues and how it's, it's about taking a risk. I think right now it's about what that risk is worth. What, what though if this got to a point where they decided even having the small gatherings, because what one of the things we're going to find out is what's the threshold for a mass gathering? Is that 250 or more people? Is that 500 or more mm-hmm. people? All the guys that are on your staff, all the people in the broadcast crews, people that will still be at the venue when you're there playing the closed-off games. What if that's still too many people where we can't control where everyone has been and who they've been in contact with? What would your view be if then, then this had to be canceled, Nick? Oh, that is such a hard uh, question. Um, I think that they need to do – I think they have to do whatever they have to do, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, I think they need to do what's best for the people involved, the best for the you know, spectators, the viewers. Um, obviously, March Madness is not only an incredible you know, experience for um, viewers and sponsors and the athletes themselves, but also for these tape, for these TV companies, I'm sure they make a lot of money off these events. Um, so there's a lot at play here. But I obviously, I think safety has got to be number one. Um, you know, it is at the end of the day just the game, and it's so hard to remember that sometimes. You get so caught up in the moment. True. You, know, you put. I mean, we pull. We pour our entire lives into these games as student athletes. But at the same time, it is still such. It is still a game, and you know, we still got to go to class, and we still got to get a degree, and there are spectators who still got to go to work, and we got families. You know, I got a younger sister who still got to go to school, and I got a dad who's got to go to work, and yeah. You know, so although this game means so much to everybody. It is still a game. So I don't know what they do. I mean, if they were, you know, if you were to postpone it, then you question, do you lose the, you know, do you lose that kind of lightning in a bottle of March? Do you, you know, what about guys who are, you know, conditioned and in shape and geared up? Like, do you lose that effect? NBA Uh, draft? Yeah. The next step for, you know, obviously us Belmont guys probably don't have that to worry about right now, but. (laughs) You know, for for maybe some of those, you know, you call those blue blood programs. I mean, there's there's a lot of guys who are competing who uh, who have got to get ready for this draft. Then would they, maybe they not play. So, I mean, this is really uncharted waters. So I, I really don't know what to think. Um, like I said, I mean, I know, you know, I know basketball pretty well, and yeah, you know, I'm I'm a communications and marketing major, so I know a little bit about that stuff. But I can't tell you I know that all that much about the science of this virus and all that goes behind it. 
Yeah, I was out, I went to St. Charles, so there are a lot of really smart guys who do that I know, who and they don't even know what's going on. So I think there are people who are paid to make these decisions that I think at the end of the day, we're just going to have to trust they make the right ones. Nick Musinski from Belmont. Yeah, Evil Bald Colin, he's going to have. And, yeah, we, we, we kid. That's his nickname. Evil Bald Colin. He shaved his head one day, and the nickname kind of stuck. He doesn't like it, but you just none of us like our nicknames. You just have to live with them. Just live with it. You, uh, you were right on, and I wasn't even thinking about the NBA draft when I offered that up, Colin, earlier in the podcast. Just delay it. You'll play in the late spring. You'll play it in the summer. Whenever you got to play, you'll just get it in. I <laughs> forgot about, oh, yeah, there's an NBA draft type of thing, and guys will graduate, and then they won't even be students. But thank God you're a sophomore, and I know Colin has one more question for yeah, you. Yeah, I do have one more question for you, because as of right now, we do know that it is happening, and I know you see all this stuff about bracketology. You have Joe Lenardi over at ESPN. As a player, especially now that you've locked up a bid, do you look at it? Do you go out of your way to find out, oh, he's got it matched up with Duke or in Iowa? or so? Do you guys look at that? Like, is that something you spend your off time looking at? Um, I think it depends on the guy. Uh, I'm kind of a hoops junkie. I, I, I like watch basketball for a living. I, I love this game so much. So me, I do. Yeah, I know that, um, you know, teams like USF Austin or um, – you know, maybe Vermont, you know, they're seated above us. And if, you know, somebody were to upset them in their conference tournament, we might get a higher seed. So I know that stuff, but I don't think that it's, you know, the whole predicting thing of, you know, we might play Louisville or Kentucky or, you know, I think that's kind of up to matchups and chance. But, yeah, I mean, you do know those, you know, especially you talk, you asked me earlier, how do I feel about being a mid-major and kind of we embrace it. And there's a lot of programs out there like that. Right. And it's kind of like a fraternity almost, like, you know, the mid-major fraternity. Like, it is. You know, it is. You know, all my friends, you know, they're Ohio State fans or they're Duke fans, they're Kentucky fans, and they know, you know, they know the big boys. But, you know, I'll start talking about, you know, Charles Bass, who's the big guy over there at Western Kentucky who had an unfortunate leg injury. I'm talking about how that's such a big game changer for their team. They're like, who? So, like, for us, we know all these mid-major guys that are playing, and we know now that they're kind of our competition in terms of seeding. Yeah. So yeah. We know Jordan Ford. We know Sam Merrill. We know all those guys exactly. with you. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. So, you know um, – so you're just kind of a little more aware of that type of stuff, I guess. Um, but in terms of, like, where are we going to play, when are we going to play – no, I mean, yeah, we'll – We'll play somebody on Thursday or Friday. They're probably going to be from Power 5, and it's going to be in one of the eight cities that are listed. And now they won't be in front of anybody. But in terms of we, – we, we are aware who's kind of, if you will, our competition for seeding. Um, and that's you – know, not that we're you know, rooting for anybody to win or lose, but it is kind of interesting. Like, oh, Vermont won the America East. There, there's a chance we're probably going to be more of a 13 than the 12 now or something like that. Um, so it's – you know, for some of us, it's more interesting where we have other guys on our team who are, hey, dude, we're dancing. Who cares? So it just kind of depends on the guy. And it's, uh, I don't know, it's a pretty interesting uh, dynamic, but it really just depends. At the end of the day, we're dancing, and that's what really matters. Nick Musinski, a Belmont Bruin, the tournament MVP in the Ohio Valley Conference, last year's freshman of the year. Did you guys have the all-conference teams come out yet? You got to be on the first team of that bad boy. Uh, yeah, they did. We actually had three guys on the first team. There you go. And, uh, our our starting point guard, Grayson Murphy, and he was actually also our defensive player of the year in the conference. And then our starting shooting guard, Adam Kunkel, who's from, who had the pass just south, just south of, uh, 
Cincinnati. He was born on the wrong side of the state line. He's from Hebron, Kentucky. <laughs> Over and, the river, uh, we call that. Got, Across the river, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and he, uh, he got first team honors as well. Awesome. And then we had a our grad transfer, Tyler Scanlon. He, if he would have been eligible, he would have been up there for newcomer of the year. But I guess grad transfers aren't technically newcomers. It's weird. but Even though they we, are, uh, yeah. <laughs> Even though they are, and yeah. they, they can get newcomer of the week, but they can't get newcomer. Uh, it's a it's an interesting rule, but I think that really speaks to uh, the amount of guys we have on our team who are have a lot of talent and make a lot of impact, but also kind of shows that you know we have guys who make you know might not get the credit, but also are classic examples of your Belmont guy, and they make all those right plays and. Yeah, that's how we win championships. So it's it's pretty awesome to see. That was a heck of a pass by Kunkel for the win there to knock off yeah. Murray State, yeah, your in-state foe. And we'll be watching you every step of the way. So I hope this thing gets played. I really do. But if not, you seem like you've got a wonderful perspective on all of that, and you're going to be in college hoops. So very generous of you to give us so much time on the podcast here. We really appreciate it, man. Give this to all your friends and family members because we're looking for increased listenership too. So please do that. Yeah, we'll do. I appreciate y'all for having me. It was a lot of fun. Thanks again, Nick. Thank you. Have a good one. Yeah, take care, buddy. Bye-bye. All right, EBC. That was awesome. He's a lot better than I could even imagine. He was awesome, man. He's just like us. That was fantastic. I mean... Really? What? I don't know what else to say. He blew me he was away. An awesome, terrific guest. I mean, he dropped a bassie on us from Western Kentucky, and I, I was blown away. <laughs> right? I mean, this this guy lives and breathes basketball, and he's a communications major, and you can tell from the kind of public speaker he's really that good. he's going to be. He's he really was good. fantastic for this. Fit to be on the air or on a podcast or wherever he wants to be, TV or being a PR advisor or whatever, public relations director sometime in his future. That was great. So I guess the St. Charles prep guys are a little bit smarter than the Hartley guys <laughs> after all. That's been the narrative forever. You know what? I'll, I'll admit he was smarter than me there for a second, so I'll give it to him. All right. We don't know if there's going to be a tournament, but there is for now. Behind closed doors, this is crazy. It's going to is- be weird, but you know what? Be thankful because at this point we still have what we want in the end. We're in their hands right now. Yes. We're in their hands. There's nothing we can do about it. Look at it from the perspective of do we need to take the risks and let's try to live our lives and be clean and be healthy and get through this. This is just insane. It's crazy. We're still crazy and mad about hoops. So we appreciate you guys listening. We'll see you next time.